Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's you, Sparky Pfeiffer, a special bonus edition of Curd and Law. And this has become a regular thing each week with our guy, Ken Barkley. You better, you bet, uh, of course. Uh, bet MGM being a part of that as well. Follow him on Twitter at Lockie Lockers and him and Nick Costas do a great show. Uh, each and every day during the week. And we've been doing this every week, 10, 12 minutes, talking about the playoff games that week and getting Ken's thoughts on them. Before we do that, uh, Ken was involved uh, in an accident, uh, and he's got <laughs> like a, a big brace on his arm and, and the whole deal. It's not really a cast. I don't know what the hell you'd call it, a splint or something uh, on his arm. Uh, so, Ken Barkley, what happened? So I was in a uh, snowboarding accident, which was pretty crazy. Can I be ridiculous. honest with you? When you t- told me you were in a snowboarding accident, yeah. in my mind, I visioned you like tumbling down this gigantic long hill that's like for the pros and really advanced sure. and everything. And then later I found out that it was it was a lesson. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah. Well, because because <laughs> you got to think about it. Like if I was like going down the, the mountain, I probably kind of probably already know what I'm doing. Right. So I guess so. Less right. of a that's chance why, that this would happen. That's Something what I'm like saying. In my mind, I was like, oh, okay, he had, a, you know, he ran into a tree or something. I was almost I done know. with the lesson too. I was like five minutes away. I was so close to the finish line, uh, metaphorically. And uh, yeah, just like ate it in a really uh, bad situation and put my hand back without like thinking about Ooh. it to brace a fall. Yep. Um, landed like right on my tailbone, but also landed on my wrist. So we got the, we got the splint on right now and mm. hopefully everything's not that bad uh in a couple of weeks we'll know a little bit more if there's some more broken bones and stuff going on in there the wrist is a uh the wrist is a messy place from an anatomical yeah. standpoint there's a lot a lot going on there tendons and bones yeah. and stuff so we'll see Yikes. But Yikes. by the super bowl probably we'll know we'll know more by the super bowl man that sucks i'm sorry i've never been on a snowboard in my life never been yeah. on a pair of skis in my life mm. uh, i've never you like to be either. in control i'm gonna say you don't like uh you don't like when gravity sc- takes over no, I've never been in an opportunity to actually go try it. Like nobody I know, I guess, have, has ever invited me to go. And I'm definitely not going by myself. It has myself. to be big in your neck of the woods, right? I mean, yeah, there's, ski so long. there's a ski hill yeah. like six minutes from the radio station. Right. Like, right over here. Yeah. Uh, okay. Seattle at San Francisco mm. Saturday, Seattle, uh, again, uh, getting nine and a half points, which is expected uh, over under 42 and a half. Niners are the hottest team in football without a shadow of a doubt, uh, coming into this one with Brock Purdy at quarterback, who everybody was like, oh, they might be in some trouble, but this dude's balling out to the point. People are wondering if they're going to trade Trey Lance maybe in the offseason. Uh, I look at it, and I say nine and a half is a big number. I don't care who's playing, but there's a part of me that says I like the Niners uh, right. giving up nine and a half. <laughs> having said all of that because they're just playing so well. Their defense is so sure. good. Geno Smith is not the Geno Smith from the first half of the year. So to me, I, I really like the Niners. Your thoughts, Ken Bark? I think uh, I think with a lot of these games, you know, what we have to figure out is, all right, like the point spread's like probably pretty good. Like we know a lot about these teams, right? Yep. We know a lot about how they're playing right now. Uh, there aren't a lot of injuries in many of the games. There's quarterback situations in like two of the larger favorite games, which are are tricky to figure out. In this game, yeah, I mean, there's, there's sort of two issues you have to balance, right? Um, one is just the insane familiarity between the teams, like, Okay, the first meeting was Lance. That was the that was actually the game where Trey Lance got hurt. To your point about swapping right. quarterbacks, Jimmy G comes in. They roll Seattle, but like, did we learn anything from that? It was no. week two. I don't think we learned anything. But they played Thursday night a few weeks ago. Obviously, yeah, like six or seven weeks ago. That was per, pretty second start. I believe they just played Tampa and played well. 
Uh, they were up big in the game. Seattle scored in garbage time to make it look like a one possession game. But the, the story of that game was that the Seahawks offense could do absolutely nothing. So I think like issue, issue number one is what are the Seahawks going to do in this game? That's different than what the Niners have seen twice already from a defensive standpoint. And can it really be creative and different in a way that solves kind of like how San Francisco has decided to defend them? I'm skeptical that that's the case. Uh, but issue two, something that helps Seattle. So I think the familiarity really hurts them because I think the Niners can just line up and score and yep. like Seattle can't do anything about it. And on the flip side, I think they've seen everything that Seattle's going to do offensively. That's tough. Um, the thing that helps Seattle and it's unique to this game specifically versus all of the others is the weather. Uh, it may be a driving rainstorm during this game. It's supposed to rain Still a lot in the Bay Area. Yeah, so it's supposed to rain like literally all going up to the game, and it's supposed to rain during the game. As of right now, now we're taping this or like the middle of the week. Well, by the time we get to game, maybe the rain has subsided. Maybe everything's right. fine. But you know, it's so funny because it's such a <laughs> like time is a flat circle. Week one, the Niners played a game in a monsoon at Chicago as a big favorite, almost oh, a I touchdown favorite, and lost the game outright partially because. The weather made things really crazy, made it not football, right? It made it not the traditional football that we're used to seeing in playoff games. I always think that's advantage dog in that situation in general, just like in, in, if there's going to be crazy weather, whatever brings in volatile outcomes. Now the, the problem is just like, all right, so if the Niners just decide to run the ball every time, what, what happens? So I think the weather is interesting. I think the familiarity is interesting. I think the number maybe is a little bit too big. I think the total is likely to come down even more if the weather's really going to be that bad. So yeah, maybe it's like dog under, but the Niners win the game a lot of the time. I think that's probably the approach that I would take. All right, very good. Uh, next game on the docket, uh, another game on Saturday, the Saturday night game, uh, Los Angeles, uh, the Chargers uh, at Jacksonville. Los Angeles uh, giving two and a half here over under uh, 47 uh, and a half. I like Justin Herbert. I know there's been a lot of conversation about him throughout the year. Having said that, I'm sorry. Like everybody else around the country, probably I'm rooting for Jacksonville and Doug Peterson and the Jaguars uh, to get this win in Jacksonville. Because even though they're at home and, you know, they're that 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 home team, I still feel like even though it's two and a half, I feel like people around the country look at them as more than a two and a half dog because they're the Jaguars and the history of the Jaguars. Sure. Uh, I think this game comes down to something really simple for me, and it's not – I don't think the number's that wrong. I make the game about a pick, like Chargers by one, something like that. So sure. if this gets to three – then I actually do kind of disagree with that. And I like Jacksonville a lot at plus three at this number. It's kind of just like, you know, my opinion, bet my opinion, kind of a game. I don't think the number is crazy or anything. Uh, I think this is the playoff game that features the biggest coaching mismatch by a significant margin. I think the number two game would probably surprise people too. I think Dallas Tampa is the, the second largest coaching mismatch. Yeah. Um, even though I don't like McCarthy a lot, I don't like Bowles that much. And uh, I, I think it's possible Brandon Staley is uh, not a particularly good NFL head coach. And the way I know that is you look at, uh, betting market expectations for a team and whether they exceed them or whether they come up short. So sure. I, the reason I know Mike Vrabel is a tremendous football coach, even if I knew nothing about football, uh, the reason I know Mike Vrabel is like the best coach maybe is that he goes over his win total literally every single season, no matter what, with the exception of this past year where he came up like just short and think about all the things that happened oh, yeah. for Tennessee this year, right? Like I can look at that and be like, man, no matter what we all expect, that guy gets that team over the number no matter what. Okay, let's look at Brandon Staley. 
basically falls short of expectations in almost every way up to this season. And then like, what is this season? Like kind of like plays the starters in week 18 and gives you like a convoluted excuse afterwards. They almost lose Mike Williams. They're lucky that he's probably going to play in the game. Bosa aggravates his injury. Apparently he's fine, but like dodging bullets all over the place because of bad coaching decisions. Okay. Like if that's true and he's facing a guy with a Super Bowl ring and the Super Bowl ring guy is at home, (laughs) then like, to a certain extent, I know that sounds so simplistic, but it's like, then that's, that's it. Then that's, then like, I'm good. Then like, it's going to be Jacksonville. Like I think Jacksonville is maybe a little more likely to win. If it's plus three, it's definitely a bet. But even at this market, like I would rather bet Jacksonville before I bet the chargers for that reason. I, I, in my mind, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, well, McVay's letting his whole coaching staff of the Rams go find jobs. He still hasn't said what he's going to do. Staley gets canned. He's going to by the way. Staley. Right. I'm not, I'm not reporting anything, but like, I, I have heard that it is possible he is gone. Right. Like more, so he gets likely. canned. Yeah. Sean Payton goes to the Chargers yep. to coach the Chargers. And Staley goes back home to go be with McVay with the Rams and try and get that thing back on the right track. I just, I'm sorry. Like Aaron Rodgers, I don't see any chance. He's retiring. I, I, I look at McVay and go, okay, maybe he takes a year off and comes back. Okay, maybe that's a possibility. Sure. Like Payton, maybe that happens. But to think that he's going to go away and stay away, no chance. He's what, 37? Bill Cowher never came back. Everybody thought he was going to come back. Yeah, I did too. I'm guilty of chart. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And the the amount of money they pay to be in a TV booth nowadays. Yeah. You don't have to coach. It's a lot less stress. No question. Deal. Yep. Let's go to game number three. Uh, The New York football giants surprising everybody and being a playoff team. Now, again, not as good at the end of the year as they were in the beginning of the year. Uh, Giants at Minnesota and the Vikings who no matter their record, nobody has bought them all year long. Giants uh, getting three in this game over under a 48, but it's in Minnesota. I think that factors into this whole deal. And that's why I would still like uh, the Vikings in this scenario. What say you? Yeah, I don't blame you. One thing I like to do is compare, especially if two teams played very recently, uh, what was the point spread the first time they played? Sure. And then typically you will see something very similar the second time if they play like in short order. And when there's a big adjustment from the first meeting, that's always kind of gets my antenna up like right. a little bit. And they played and the number was four and a half when they played, okay. uh, what was it? Three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And the Vikings kicked a field goal at the end of the game, one by three. And that's <laughs> welcome to the story of the Minnesota Vikings, right? Win every game by a small yep. margin, basically. Uh, that's what they did against the Giants. I don't know if the variables in this game are different enough that this should be three now. And it actually opened two and a half and got bet up immediately. And I would have, I would have bet that up as well. Uh, if I had to bet the game, I would bet Minnesota. I actually think I like the under in this game though, more than anything. It's a very similar total to what we saw in the first game. The giants will have a few more defensive pieces likely back. Adoree Jackson, their corner wasn't played in a while. going to play like a more complete team. Their best attribute by far, the giants is their defensive line and the biggest weakness. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse since the first meeting is Minnesota's offensive line missing multiple starters doesn't yep. look like Garrett Bradbury their center is going to play in the game I I have trouble visualizing an over game if like the offensive line for the favorite is in shambles and if the and if the offense of the other team honestly we have a lot of question marks about as well and it's a high total so I think that could be the thing that's different than the first meeting is just okay maybe there's some maybe there's explosive plays in this game maybe but i'm just not sure there's going to be that much scoring honestly based on kind of what's changed with minnesota these last few weeks so you like the under i do i like the under if i had to bet the side i'd bet minnesota but i think three is it's it's maybe a little short probably the the true number in the game is maybe three and a half um but i think the first meeting and how minnesota's looked since then they played against the packers obviously that's kind of like tainting everyone's view of minnesota right now 
I love it. All right. Uh, let's go to the last game we're going to do here on a bonus podcast with Ken Barkley. You better you bet him and Nicasos do a great job there. Cowboys and McCarthy. Just everybody loves just hating on McCarthy uh, at Tampa Bay uh, and the Buccaneers. Uh, Dallas giving two and a half over under 45 and a half. This is Monday night football. And again, Cowboys fan base is gigantic. Tom Brady's uh, fan base is gigantic. I'm guessing this is going to be a ratings blockbuster for the NFL. Everybody that hates Monday night playoff football can kiss my butt because this is why you do Monday night playoff football right here. Having said all of that, I I don't think Tampa Bay is that good. So I'm going to roll with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not buying the Buccaneers at all. Uh, Your your thoughts? You are the first person uh, that we've either had on our show or that I've talked to or read on social media that thinks Dallas can win. That's Weird. because of 100... Dak Prescott's propensity Correct. to throw picks in every freaking game. Yeah, he he tied for the league in in fewer games. He tied for the league lead in interceptions with Davis Mills. Yeah, to give exactly. people an idea of kind of what's yep. going on there. I actually yeah, I won money on that. I had him to throw the most picks. He's at, been all uh, like thirty to one or something. Yep. I think, and uh, and he ended up. I got half my half my winnings, which was awesome. Um, yeah, this is. I think it would surprise people that I'd be like, this is a huge coaching mismatch. This is. This might be more significant than Peterson versus Staley and the coordinators versus each other because Todd Bowles is probably one of the worst five coaches in the NFL right now. And it's he's a great defensive coordinator, obviously, wherever he goes. This isn't even really like anti-Todd Bowles person or coordinator right. or football bind or whatever. Um, he does multiple things in every single game that they play that make it less likely for them to win the game that they play. And he's done that every single game, basically the entire season. There has been a constant disconnect between Brady and offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. It's been one of the stories of the season with Arians not there. The relationship between the coaches and Brady in terms of being successful has completely fallen apart. And the only time that Tampa's been successful when they played is when Brady at the ends of these games is basically like, okay, I'll just go win the game with no coaching. We're not calling plays. We're not doing a strategy. Like it's nothing that we plan during the week. It's gone terribly for 55 minutes. I'm going to go win the game. Okay. Maybe that happens here. Maybe like, I mean, Dallas folds in a bunch of playoff spots all the time. Honestly, the more I think about the game, my favorite bet is Dallas to win the first half, honestly, because Brady, that won't be anything about it's three minutes to go and it's 23, 23 and Brady's got the ball. Yeah. I would like Brady a lot in that situation too, against Dallas's defense. Of course I would. But in the first half, when it's this game plan that Bulls and and Leftwich are going to show up with those game plans have failed in every game. The team has basically ever played. They've never done it right. They've never gotten it right in a playoff game against, by the way, like Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, who are two of the better coordinators in the NFL, they're, they're going to lose the coaching battle in that game. Of course not. So maybe the adjustments, maybe Brady at the end saves the day, which he's done all the time. I think in the first half, like Dallas winning that half, especially at a very small number, I think is very likely. Dan Quinn needs to be head coach again. I'm just going to say that. I mean, sure. what he did maybe with more Falcons, eventually too, maybe soon. Yeah. yeah what he, what, what Quinn did with uh, the Falcons and then to see where they are having been since Dan Quinn left. I mean, what more do you need to say there? I can Barkley follow him on Twitter at Locky Lockerson. You better, you bet. Uh, of course, with our guy, uh, Nick Casas, highly entertaining show. I tell everybody, check it out. If you can't watch it live, uh, uh, and stream it, then by all means, download the podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast at BetMGM, of course, a big part of everything they do. Thank you so much, Ken Barkley. You have a good one. Sounds good, Sparky. Thank you.